Hi there! Welcome to another episode of Crystal Myth Podcast with Leslie Anderson and your man Mark Dornan. I always introduce you for you. You should like say hi yourself. Fuck you me. do, but to be fair, I, I noticed that you do, and it in no way upsets me. I actually find it quite endearing, but I would have to shout over <laughs> you to introduce myself, and I don't want to do that. Well, that's fine. I mean, if you want to start the show yourself, then feel free. <laughs> I don't oh, know. That, that's too much responsibility for me. <laughs> oh, I'd say, kind of, one of the many non-responsibilities you have with this podcast, you just yes. show up. I, don't I have know. no responsibilities. <laughs> but, you know, mm. I have the myth child. and That's true. And you as do any of our listeners that have their own myth children, you know, it takes up a fuckload of time. You have many myth children. <laughs> yeah. Well, You've I have the myth child himself, and then I have many like mythical and ethereal beings that live about the home. But quite a lot of them take care of themselves, except you know, occasionally I have to burn sage and stuff if they're like trying to kill and each other. And you have to make scrambled eggs for the brownies too. I do have to make happy. scrambled eggs for the brownies. I, your dad. <laughs> yes, especially my dad. Um, <laughs> and you know he's very particular about what's served with the scrambled eggs, otherwise he'll stab you. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brownies are very stabby. Um, type creatures as we all know um well this week we are looking at germany um yeah. i just stopped i mean i've it's like the eurovision song contest is on right now as we speak um but i'll be watching it as soon as i get back i don't i think yeah germany are in it and i think it's just some crazy shit like i want to see mad shit in eurovision i don't want to see boring ballads or traditional music i want to see camp i want to see pop um, and I want a good snappy tune that gets stuck 100% in your head. 100% agree. You either have to be absolute deranged, like, yes. and madness, like, <laughs> camp nonsense. I'm fine if you're, like, a sort of traditional song, but you're, like, box fizz, but it's now, so that's weird. Or I'm fine with all the, like, death metal experimental Are rock you? stuff. A lot of people complain about that. Well, no, I'm, I'm good with that. It's just, as you said, like anything that's actually like basically anything that's actually just standard chart music. That shouldn't be in the I, Eurovision Song I Contest. Don't know no, which, thank you. It might be Germany. I'm not sure. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I've seen there was an act where they had, they were sort of metal pop and they were wearing like half a latex outfit, you know, like one bare leg and one latex red leg and these long blonde hair. And he was singing about Satan. I'm like, this isn't this is really weird for you to <laughs> No, I approve of like, that. That's fine. I'd rather have that than somebody singing a ballad about their lost love. Like mm, get your leg out yeah. and chant about Satan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so far it's not the only one that I like is the French one which is is catchy it's in French nothing against them because I mean France are one of the big players in Eurovision so they qualify automatically um I really liked it although my boyfriend was arguing with me saying oh she's not properly French is she because she's from Canada I'm like yeah but she's French Canadian oh that still doesn't count but she lives in Paris I'm like so so she's French Canadian. That doesn't mean she can she can definitely sing for France. No, because France own part of Canada. Is that not right? I think if you're I don't know why French I'm arguing Canadian about it. and live in Paris, you're allowed to represent France in the Eurovision Song Contest. I mean, I am a very traditional Eurovision person, so I don't think that Australia should be in it. They can fuck right off. And do you know what? Sorry, Australians. I just don't think you should. <laughs> 
Eurovision in Europe. European. Um, no, and, and they've also, which I don't like as well, is they've opened the vote worldwide instead of just in Europe. So it's not like the Eurovision. So how is that? So if all of China vote for one particular, no, I don't know if China would be watching it. But, you know, like, <laughs> the Chinese the government demand that every <laughs> single person in China vote for Russia. Or so I don't know, like Russia in it. But you know, like the, the USA or they they'll get to vote. That's a huge population of people, so that could hugely influence like the votes. Like maybe if they get like a little side trophy, like you've got the worldwide vote, but you don't actually it doesn't impact on the actual winner. Like you know, like the, a yeah, like, like a, you've got you've got the worldwide prize, but the actual winner is only voted for by people within the European because <laughs> it's Eurovision. Not worldwide vision, might as well change it then to the world conference singing competition. Worldwide just vision just doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? World of vision, Actually, yeah. it sounds like it helps like unfortunate children. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, back to Germany. So, like, go Germany. I mean, good luck to you. I don't know what the UK song is. They're last, so I have no idea. Some women, some women, some women, <laughs> some ladies, probably not very. Oh shit! There's a moth that just flew in my bedroom see this is why i hate summertime because of the cast of the bugs life just want to come in your house <sighs> no i'm definitely more of a summer person than a winter person though no, i'm not yeah. sure why this doesn't relate to summer and winter but to jump back to germany i did think yeah. while i was researching it i don't know how ju- i mean no harm to germany i like germany a great deal i love germany actually every single time i've been there it's been brilliant I don't know how Germany specifically ended up on our list when we don't really have any other countries. We have like the random country yeah. thing. That, I don't know why Germany. I don't remember any of us saying to add on. Germany itself is there. I don't remember putting Germany down on the no. list. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the last, well, officially the last time I was in Germany was a long time back in 2003. But that was just at Frankfurt Airport when I was transferring like between Egypt and the UK and Glasgow. But I, the last time I really visited Germany was when I was on the German exchange in high school, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it was a brilliant place. They loved their food. No, I'm not saying that you're all fat. No, I'm just saying that you... I, maybe it was just the family that I stayed with. I don't know whether they were trying to impress me, but... I, I didn't realise you were saying to German listeners, I'm not saying you're fat. I thought you were saying to me, I'm not saying you're fat. No, and I'm like, no, I'm, no. I'm a bit fat and I do like the food in Germany. But you know, like growing up, your your sort of impression of German uh, people are that they're all they, they kind of like sausages and that like Augustus Gloop from you know Augustus Gloop from what's his Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He's a big fat boy, isn't he? And he gets squeezed into that So <laughs> his mum's his mum's portrayed as that. Do you think? I think they edited, you know, they're editing Rodal's books to make them less offensive, so they're gonna, they're not gonna call him fat anymore. <laughs> but he's still called the guy's clip. In all fairness, on that note as well, I did get people being like, "Oh, let's <laughs> like not edit works of fiction. That's weird." And I was like, "Yeah, it is." And then I got uh, the twits to read the Myth Child because I loved it when I was wee, and I was oh, actually God. like. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, in a modern context, like I don't think I can actually read this to him. So I don't know if the German representation would be the same. It is basically like, I mean, there's whole passages that are like Mrs. Twit deserved to be domestically abused because she doesn't wear makeup or own a comb. What? Like, 
That's been massively paraphrasing. But massively paraphrasing as in I'm condensing a chapter into a few words. Not massively paraphrasing as in that's not implied. Like what, what about George and his marvelous medicine? I used to love that. But then when you're reading that to your kids, then basically you're encouraging them to poison their grandfa- grandmother, aren't you? Because yeah. that's what he does. <laughs> That's why we liked it. That's why me and my cousin loved that. We used to put on a play and pretend to like do George's Marvelous Medicine. And uh, we would get stuff from the kitchen and actually make up a horrible concoction and try and make my granddad drink it. I was going to say, that famously <laughs> is how you murdered your grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> they survived a wee bit longer than that, but I'm surprised they did to be the amount of times that we tried to torture my granddad. God love him. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Germany, a great place. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, because when I stayed with this family um, in a place called Geisingen, which is near the Black Forest area, which has a lot of stories, um, probably connected to the Brothers Grimm, I would say. Um, yeah, to be fair, I do. When we talked about the Brothers Grimm and maybe Germany came in. That was what I was going to say. I do to an extent actually get maybe why we would, because it does come up quite right. a lot, because they do have a lot of interest in mythology, so... Yeah, uh, so so I would come down to breakfast and I don't know whether they were trying to impress me or if they genuinely eat this all the time. Fuck knows how they could afford it. Maybe back in the 90s it was better economy, but the, it, they would have like a literal spread of cakes, actual cakes, strawberries, sausage, eggs, everything you can fucking think of on the table for breakfast. And I'm just like, can I just have some toast, please? Because <laughs> it was a bit overwhelmed. In all fairness... Anytime I've been to Germany, regardless of whether I've stayed in like a hotel, a B&B with friends, yeah. like with yeah. friends of a friend. Yeah, it's always been like breakfast has always been like, these are the three cheeses to choose from. These are the two breads. Mm-hmm. There's three types of cake. Here's the like nine meats. Like, I don't know. I'm saying that like that's mental. Again, I'm a bit fat. I think <laughs> that's fucking bro. I've gotten fat, uh, so I've got one to talk. I'm one to talk. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very abundant, and I found that they were quite open. Uh, like the Germans are very open people, very honest. Um, I think they've got the reputation of being austere and not not having a sense of humour, or being very technical minded or very efficient, which I didn't find that with the family that no, I stayed. I agree with. with you. Like I don't. I think that most German people I know are very blunt but not in an offensive way but I, I, the Dutch don't, are blunt. I don't think I've ever met any German people that the negative like stereotypes <laughs> of Germans apply to which is weird because I know stereotypes are stereotypes and they're wrong and blah blah, mm. blah 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 but they're normally like based in something but yeah you're right the negative stereotypes of Germans I don't think apply to any German I've ever met no, I think they're quite funny people. Like the, yeah. the people I hung out with, you could have a laugh with them. I mean, okay, the 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 girl that I was supposed to stay with, I wasn't allowed to because she was a bit too mental. <laughs> but she was so much fun. And then the 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 people I stayed with were a wee bit more reserved. I mean, they were lovely, but they weren't as fun as Michaela was. Jesus, guys, she was a mental girl. She was like a whirlwind. Um, you must you always have up to for be party. pretty fun for your school to say that other people aren't allowed in your house by order of your to school. Be, I know, I mean, to be, it was a shame because they, they kind of encouraged her a little bit to flick the Vicky at Mr. Randall and that's what got her out of trouble and that's why I couldn't stay with her. But my family loved her. <laughs> she was great. I mean, I feel like that's weird to not let somebody stay with her just because she made a rude hand gesture at Mr. Randall, especially because I think Mr. Randall wouldn't have minded. <laughs> 
Oh, God, sure, he does. Did he? Yes. <laughs> you think, why did he go? He, wouldn't, he was probably the one behind the decision. I always thought I he was like Mr. a good laugh. Mm, yeah, I don't know. But, well, I don't know if she does any, did anything else, but like, yeah, I don't know why I wasn't allowed to stay with her. I was staying I'm saying that, I realised yeah. I went, oh, fucking not. And her brother Sebastian. Something probably quite similar, just because they were being quite irritating. Well, how come you yeah. didn't go on the German exchange in school? I thought you would have loved that. I took French and oh, was shit at it. I don't know why I took French though, like because it's so long ago in our um, lives. Mm-hmm. Because I took like I had German, like we did German all the way through primary school. I could speak mm-hmm. a bit of German, and I did German in first year, and then I never did German again, and I can't remember why. I have no I idea why. I got off with a German boy. <laughs> That's the other thing I would say, again, like the sort of a steering humourless thing, like everyone that I've ever met that's German, even if they've not been hot, I feel like after you get talking to them, I'm like, ooh, like, you've got sexy vibes. 13. (laughs) He was, he didn't have a very German sounding name, his his name is um, Claudio, I suppose, which might be German, I don't know, Leocata, which sounds more Italian to me, but he was German, so Oh dear, which I was quite proud of that because um, he was the one that all the popular girls fancied and I was the one that pulled him, so yay! <laughs> <laughs> Go me! Fuck you! Um, yeah, so like Germany, there's so much history to it. Um, I was just looking at various just like general myths around about um, Germany and also like myths of the German people themselves or Germany themselves, not so much like actual ancient myths or things like that so why don't you kick off with your creation myth that you've got there because I didn't think there was a creation myth of Germany I thought they were most well I suppose if you go back far enough they've got the Goths the Visigoths weren't they they were the ones or the barbarians they're the ones that fucked up the Romans yeah there's actually quite a lot of and I think because there was like tribal groups in Germany Mm -hmm. that are like the examples you just gave and then they kind of moved out through the rest of the world and that's why you get like sort of large areas of, I mean I suppose like even I think the only, that, like half of England is traditionally Germanic like yeah I mean I think the only beef I really have with Germany is well I don't know if it's a beef but they create um Protestants I can't say it Protestantism yeah but the severe kind so that ended up in Scotland and made us all miserable bastards so Calvinism that came from Germany into Scotland so then yes. we became sort of like austere sad people that didn't celebrate Christmas and that that's the only kind of beef I have that comes well besides the obvious that happened but like that came out of, of German culture Although, but then again, again I don't know whether I would want to be still under the, uh? I've oh, never please. met a Calvinist I've never met a German Calvinist or Lutheran I've only ever met Calvinists and Lutherans it. that aren't German Right. Which is weird because you would think that there would be quite a large, you know, well, I don't know percentage of both those groups that were German, but I don't know whether Germany nowadays are are more secular or if they are more mixed within their culture or whether they still have that Lutheranism with throughout the country. I don't know whether they've moved on from that. I mean, Scotland hasn't moved on from the fucking Catholic Protestant bullshit. So no, no, we haven't. Yeah, no. 
unfortunately. Maybe one day it'll go away. I think if we're independent, then I think that mentality would probably end up dying out eventually, generationally. It's just a football thing. I think that ruins it. Because if we're separated from the monarchy, I think that might, and the and Britain, I think that might eventually fade away. Yeah. Okay. Back to Germany. Okay. Um. So, like, we were talking about Eostra and this a couple of weeks ago, and how quite a lot yep. of stuff about like Germanic gods. Germanic. Mm-hmm. There's there was no there was nothing written down, so it's only like little tiny crumbs here and there that people piece together. But that's not the same with the creation myth because there is really famous poem like ancient germanic poem called volespa no i've not heard of that which tells the story of volespa, volespa uh, the cool. yeah she's as i mentioned you earlier i'm looking forward to doing this she's a fun <laughs> off bitch so <laughs> the poem starts with volespa who's an ancient ancient woman like she's a crone and she oh. gathers an audience of the descendants Germans? of the first people, which not the to descendants not of the forest people of the first people. Although actually, oh. also the forest people will look back. Right I, was that. Like, I was thinking like Game of Thrones, you know, like the Children of the Forest type thing. It gets kind of Children of the Forest. Oh, thing. right, okay. Um, but the first, the descendants of the first people, so basically like people from tribes from northern Germany, specifically the Netherlands and Iceland, are apparently. Mm. And their mythology anyway the first people that existed on earth right. so she gathers these groups and she tells them that she's going to tell she tells them that she is going to tell them the story of the creation of the world mm-hmm. and she starts off by there's like a couple of verses where she's talking about how like basically they all have to understand that rebirth is universal so they go into the ground and are reborn but eventually the world will cease to exist but it'll be reborn Okay, I mean, I, I kind of put that into modern perspective. I suppose the theory of the Big Bang is that it's the the universe is expanding, but eventually it will snap back like a band and yeah. and implode, and then and then it'll explode again, sort of like a breathing in and out, but a long term, and then creates a new universe. So I like that. I think like this really matches up with this, and I did check, and mm. it's not like people using translation of ancient language to kind of go oh this is what they were saying like it is just a sort of direct translation and it, it does to an extent tie in with that like i think yeah arguably right so she explains to them that there was an old world and it died so that our world could live but one day our world will come to an end and then the new world will be born so yeah she, tells, I like it. she goes on to say at the beginning of our world before there were any humans there were the giants some of the giants were beautiful some of them were monstrous and i enjoy this bit and all of them had at least one head <laughs> <laughs> what, so some of them had two or three heads and some of them had two some of them had three maybe some of them had ten but none of them had zero <laughs> all right cool. and she then explains that she knows this because they raised her from a baby okay but so where did she come from then you, you need to wait till the end it's an right. exciting reveal wow okay <laughs> it's like a, a mythical soap opera wow. so she knows this because they raised her from a baby her adopted mother she explains was a giant was a giant who mm-hmm. told her that after death after the death of the old world there was nothing but a great shimmering abyss 
mm-hmm. which again very like big bang big crunch yeah yeah planets being formed and shit so Primordial soup. adoptive mm-hmm. mother explains to her that the children of burr who was the god burr? of all knowledge burr yeah as in bill burr the comedian <laughs> yes that's exactly who she's talking about uh, who was the god of all knowledge came and created the sea mm-hmm. and then they raised lands out of the sea yeah the standard yeah and other germanic gods then came along and again because obviously gaps i don't know who they are yeah and nobody knows who they are but other germanic gods came and they created the sun the moon the stars the day and the night mm. that's a shame that nobody knows their names or they're sort of being forgotten i kind of want to remember them again to bring them back to life the night gods i've got notes on which is a bit Mm -hmm. relevant later but yeah the rest of them all the information on them's lost there's no that's sad like records either oral or textual of anything about any of them but we know that that's what one of them is in charge of sun moon blah 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 blah. so the world was a happy and wonderful place and it was peaceful but then three giant sisters came and they created chaos and then oh. they're just kind of like rambling on about them. But I think they were just basically like three drunk boots. They were like the women that was telling you about screaming they were going to piss themselves in the supermarket <laughs> earlier. So they were just going around creating chaos, shouting they were going to piss themselves. Planning bottles of wine, knocking stuff over. Asking for the manager of the world. <laughs> so that was when peace in our current universe ceased to exist because the three of them were so chaotic that it like it allowed chaos to be in the universe. Why is it always women, though? It is always women. Again, like I said to you, it's very um, Genesis-y. Like, it's always mm. women for some reason. Not that sounds like yeah, I'm like saying Eve you women. You're... Yeah. Fucking women are trouble. <laughs> okay. Although, not that I'm excusing because that is still sexist and it is three women versus one. But also the main character in this story is a woman and she's pretty cool. So. All right. OK, well, fair enough. I guess you're you're always going to get annoying women anywhere you go. So fair does. And also, there's annoying men later in the story as well. So, yay for balance. <laughs> so, around the time that chaos comes to existence in the world, the gods decide to create another race uh, to live alongside the giants. They create the dwarves. Are they dwarves or are they just dwarves compared to the giants? Yes, that was what I was yes. just about to say. So, <laughs> The idea of like dwarves and lots of folklore that comes after this, and then like lots of uh, yeah, like, they, they tend to stuff. live in the mountains and they mine. Yeah, and are tiny, but you're right, it's not actually that. It's that mm. if you look at these ancient texts, it's just that they were small compared to the giants, not that they were small compared to people. Right. Um, okay. Get you. So the descriptions of them are that they look like effectively they look like human children like they don't have wrinkles or anything they're like really smooth little beings but they are really really hairy and also which Wait, is how can they be smooth and hairy at the same time mark you're confusing me now like so they have no calluses on their skin they don't have any wrinkles or anything like that but they are like but oh. they are super hairy so they're like dwarves from lord of the rings if they had loads of botox yes right okay or maybe loads <laughs> of fillers Phil, I, don't know I get the, the impression they're kind of pudgy. Okay. <laughs> they also, which I know will uh, on the note of Lord of the Rings, I know there was quite a, um, a lot of uproar with um, some racists online with that, so they might be upset with me oh. saying this. 
they had a glowing black skin, all of them. Fair does. I mean, maybe they'll blend in with the, the area they live in. Yeah. So they're like, excellent at woodwork, they're excellent at stonework, and they're excellent at mechanical invention. So that's kind of like what the dwarves are doing. Very which German, I suppose, again, kind of ties into the traditional idea of dwarves. And Germans. <laughs> and Germans, yeah. Being very technological minded, yeah. Of all, Scottish people are, are well known throughout the world of being the best engineers. I think and there's quite a lot of similarities between Scotland and Germany in terms of yeah. the language and the culture. I, I do think there's quite a lot of similarities there. Yeah, definitely. Sounds. I think maybe that's why I find German easier to, to speak than I would French. Yeah, again, with my school thing, don't know why I randomly couldn't do it. I assume it was something to do with like the way the t- our school timetables worked out or something. Don't know why I suddenly randomly couldn't do German anymore because I got German and then I did French. Mm. It was like, nope, lost, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, yep. <laughs> away from the story of me and back to the story of this woman. Yeah. So she explains that the dwarves were led by, or are led, I think the dwarves still exist when she's telling this story, by Mo, hold on, I wrote this down phonetically, Moti Soines. Moti Soines. Moti Soines, who (laughs) is the lord of all dwarves and is known for how courageous he is. Right on, yeah. And Durin. Durin? Sounds yes. like a character from Lord of, one of the dwarves from Lord of it's the Rings. one of the Lord, dwarves from Lord of the Rings yes. called Durin. I didn't yeah. bother looking this up, but when I read I'm it, I was sure. like, I think that's what one of the dwarves from Lord of the Rings is called. It definitely, Durin or Jury or something like that. It, yeah. So, and yeah. Durin, who was known to be the greatest forager. I wonder if R.R. Tolkien took a lot of the... Yeah, nicked it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nicked it. Yeah. I like right, that the, yeah. the dwarves had a co-leader and the reason that they had co-leaders is because one of them was really brave and one of them was really good at finding stuff. Like, that's an excellent combo. It, mm. Other interesting fact, we know that Moti Soines was much older than Durin because in her story she explains that he was one of the very first dwarves and that they actually, to begin with, weren't hairy because they were gigantic shining black maggots oh that's <laughs> that sounds horrible that's like a horrible the way to gods eventually reshaped them into the form that they're now in so durin was <laughs> never a giant maggot but moti soines was one of the giant maggots which means that he's one of the oldest dwarves right okay <laughs> black maggot that sounds horrible to say that to someone <laughs> all right yep yeah. Okay. So the gods then decide to they're going to add a third sentient race to the world. Uh-huh. So they create the first man and woman. Ass. Oh, I think that was a bad choice. An Imbala. Ass? Ask an Imbala. Oh, okay. And they create them out of, so basically like they've got a big forest, the gods, and they love the forest, and two only two of the trees in the forest have been destroyed. So they've got these two like weathering tree trunks. So they turn the tree trunks into Ask and Imbala. So humans are actually trees, going back to your point from earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. They're trees. They're trees? Um, like Ents from Lord of the Rings again. I think yeah. 
he's nicked this shit from Germanic folklore. <laughs> I'm also like, the gods made the first man and the first woman in a forest and their names were Ask and Embla. Like, hi, Christianity. <laughs> Wait, what? No, tell me, I, I'm confused. I mean, I'm not saying it's exactly Adam the same. Eve? Yeah, it's like an A name and an E name. And the gods uh, made them, see? they were the first ever humans. They made them in a perfect forest. I'm Sorry, like, I'm, I'm really fucking slow because I'm just like, what? what? How's that pie done with Christian? And then I just, it just hit me like, yeah, is it the same initials? Yep. Ah, but, and they came from the earth, like they were trees. And, and yeah, they came from the earth and they were living in this perfect forest. Wow. Well, wow, that's really, that's really interesting. <laughs> But then how does that translate? Like, I just don't understand, like, Bible, the biblical stories were Middle Eastern, so how did did that maybe come from the Romans? Because the Romans had dealings with the Germans, and that's how they came across that idea or that story. I'm just wondering how it ends up spread about. But then I think all these stories are, like, so much older than the Roman Empire, so I wonder if it's just, again... With them saying, oh, it's the this is the story of the first people and the Bible's story of the first people, Bagavita isn't the story of the first people, don't know why I said that, the Beta's the story of the first people. I wonder if it's just that it was the stories of the actual first people, so like when people moved out of Africa, did they have these stories and then they've just kind of altered mm. wherever people have gone, is my guess. Yeah, I mean, we'd need to delve a lot deeper into that, yeah, I suppose, because I've we we did do a podcast on creation stories, but we only focused on like maybe two or three. Yeah. So there, maybe we should revise that. Definitely. Stories. There seems to be a lot of creation stories with like very similar ideas. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose it makes sense because you can't back then. I mean, obviously, observe you can't reproduce without a man or a woman. But then that always bothered me as well because technically you'd have to people the world by committing incest. There's no other way around it. Well, yeah, that happens in this story as well. So oh, Ash okay. and Embla have children <laughs> and then they have children and they have children. There's not really any particularly exciting information for a bit in the poem where it's like describing their children's lives. So like their grandchildren just like build houses and stuff. There's nothing exciting going on. But eventually we get to one of their descendants, Gulvieg. Mm-hmm. So Gulvieg decides that she's going to enter the Hall of the Gods in a strong anti-Tory move. Um, that's not taken from the passage. That's that's my words. <laughs> As um, in, she's sick of being ruled by the gods. She wants Yeah, and it's not even that she's sick of being ruled by them. She's very like, oh, the gods should share everything they've got equally amongst right. the gods, the giants, the dwarves. She's a socialist. Mm-hmm. And the tree people. Um, like, why are the gods hoarding everything and, like, tree people babies die? But the gods have plenty to go around, and the gods are like, "But we're the gods." Mm, they're we're the Jacob Rees Moggs. <laughs> and then she's like, "Mind when those three sisters were raging and smashed everything up? That was because you weren't sharing with the giants. Like maybe stop hoarding uh, everything." And they're like, "But we're the gods." Uh, so they hoard everything in their great hall. So she yeah. decides that she's just going to go out in the great hall and start flinging stuff out to people in the streets. Good. So she goes Good. in and starts chucking stuff out the window. And the gods uh, spear her to death with thousands of spears. Fuck's sake. Yeah. So she's lying on the floor bleeding out. And then the spears all start to pop out of her body. And she stands up and her blood flows back into her body. And she's fine. Oh, amazing. I love it. What happened there? Is that just some sort of medical? 
Um, it's not really clear. It kind of seems to imply that it's because only gods had been in the Hall of the Gods, so therefore... Ah, that's what I thought. Like, she wasn't just getting the wealth, she was getting the the everything. So maybe she was a god all along, but she just didn't know. She's like the sort of messiah of the people. (laughs) She's the the first uh, version of that trope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You thought you were just a sassy girl, but you're actually the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, exactly. The total Mary Sue type. Yeah, totally. I mean, it does sort of go like that. She's the original Mary Sue, but I'm loving her. So she stands back up, all her blood flows back into her body. She's like, fuck, he's carries on throwing things out the windows. So they beat her uh, violently and then set fire to her corpse. And then guess what happens, Leslie? She's the unburnt. She is. She walks unburnt out of the fire and says, (laughs) as I already said to you, fuck you. Carries on throwing everything out the window. So then the gods come at her again. Oh, no, wait, hold on. I'm missing a bit. So she's like, fuck you. She then realises that she has become a seeress. A what? A seeress, which is basically like the Germanic version of a seer. Uh Uh-huh. A witch? Yeah, Yeah, a witch. Mm -hmm. So she can see the end of all actions and all things. So she's pretty powerful. That's pretty intense. (laughs) So she realises the gods are coming for for her again. And by this time, she started casting all the wealth out of the windows. So she could, like, basically she could throw herself out the window and flee. But instead, she just stands still and allows them to take her. So they speed her, they stab her, they beat her. And then once they're sure that she's dead, they then, uh, like, basically smash up and set fire to her corpse. She offers no resistance to any of this. Yeah. And as they go to walk away, she stands up on fire, (laughs) bats herself out (laughs) for a third time. You think they would have got the message by now that they can't kill this bitch? (laughs) Does an additional fuckies. The gods are like, what's going on? And she tells them that they should bow before her, for she is Hefa, the goddess of light and honour. Oh, amazing. Go Hefa. Now it's not the cow, though. it's not like the like what we're talking about like oh, godly amnesia kind of thing of she mm. didn't know that she was Hefa and and now she remembers like she's basically like I am now just calling myself this like this is my god name I'm god now everybody else get on the fucking floor she's great I hope that doesn't go to your head though and she's still socialist no no so like I'm it. like a red Tory. Right, cool. So the, the basically the gods who tried to kill her and who were hoarding all the wealth refused to bow to her. However, there's many gods who weren't killing her and weren't hoarding the wealth, wealth and were the kind of gods that were like out giving people blessings and stuff and, you know, walking amongst the people. The cool so they're fans. like, big fan of Hefa, we'll bend the knee to her. Sweet. So she then forms her army of all of the gods of fertility, all of the wise gods, and all of the gods who have true foresight. That sounds like an epic Marvel movie or something. <laughs> yeah, like they should make this into series of films. Yeah, I'd watch them. And her group of gods go to war with the shitty gods. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so they have like a god civil war. Is that and then totally she just kind of like movie? doesn't explain. So she's like, the gods go to war. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to like being in the she's the crone telling people or sorry no what's her face is the crone it goes back to 
Valespa. Valespa being the crone mm-hmm. and telling the listeners this story. Yep. Is and she, she tells them that the reason she's telling them this story is because she wants them to know that in the far, far future, when they're all long dead, but uh-huh. their descendants are on the earth, these foolish gods will again rise up and try to destroy Hetha and her sisters. Right. I think she means sisters and like a solidarity sisters kind yeah, of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Um, she says these foolish gods will try to destroy Hetha and her sisters, the gods who stood beside them, the humans, the dwarves, and the giants, all they will try to destroy. And this will be the destruction of all destructions. They will bring about the all of the fires and all of the floods that could ever exist. These fires and floods will overwhelm all things, and this world will burn until it, is a sh- and until it again returns to a shimmering abyss. Wow, that sounds like a nuclear fucking apocalypse, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's mad. I could see that happening, definitely. So then one of the tribe leaders says to her, but effectively like, well, why? What's the point to all things if that's going to happen? And she says, well, remember, at the beginning of the tale. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. She said, remember at the beginning of the tale, I told you that all things go through rebirth. It will return to the shimmering abyss and then a new, beautiful, bountiful world will rise from this abyss. And on this world, there shall be but two gods. One god who will be the best and fairest god of all, the god of light and beauty, will be reborn. Mm -hmm. The second, uh, a beautiful god, he is blind. Okay. And he is the God who created the night and the darkness. He will live on. Okay. So night and day. Yep. And then they say, and when someone says, and, and what of everything else? Will there be only these gods? And she says, no, the giants, the dwarves, the humans will return. And, and this is my favourite badass bit. So the giants, the dwarves, the humans will return. And a dragon with wings made from the corpses of those wicked gods who turned against Hetha and her sisters, who wow. tried to destroy Hetha. <laughs> this dragon will visit this new earth but once, and oh. out of this dragon will not come a babe, but the egg it lays will hatch the Cirrus. The Cirrus will emerge. What is that? And they ask her to explain on that. And then she doesn't really, it all goes kind of like airy-fairy and weird, but she basically tells them that she, Volspa, is the Cirrus. She's a powerful witch. That's why she can see what's happening in the future. That's why she knows about the dragon baby god lady. She knows it's going to be her, but also she knows all of this story because she is Gulveg. And Hetha. So Gulveg became Hetha. Hetha eventually became the crone Valespa. And when the world is dead, she'll be born again as a baby from a dragon's egg. But the dragon will be made from the corpses of her enemies. (laughs) That's amazing. That's like such an epic story. (laughs) (laughs) I want that to happen so much. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's like brilliant. 
it needs to be made into a film. I really, really enjoyed like oh. researching it. I was like, this is such a cool story. If anyone's out there who's a film producer and fancies, you know, giving us a wee bit of credit for that idea, you know, of it as a white writer strike at the moment, so it's a bit difficult to try to pitch ideas when they're That's all true. striking. But once the writer strike, let's get in yeah. about it. Who do you think should play um, Wolfsburg Galvik uh, Heffer? Eva Green. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good to that choice. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, Eva Green, I think, would be awesome as her. What do you think? No, I can't think of anybody else because of Yeah, <laughs> she's perfect. Either that or Salma Hayek, but she's already played a sort of character like that already in the Eternals, I think. Where I feel like I just want to hear Eva Green read the story that I just read. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> But I'm, a, I'm like attracted to goth looking dark haired women. Um so yeah. With busties, busts, busty busts. Busty busts. <laughs> I'm uh, very upset that these stories are so old that there are no like images to go along with them because mm. I really want to know what Volspa slash Galvig slash Heatha was supposed to look like because I quite want to get a tattoo over somewhere in my body because I think she's really cool i mean you, then you've got creative you've you've got lots of room to work with because you don't know what she looks like you've only True. got your imagination haven't you just have a sexy goth cow yeah a sexy goth cow coming out a, gra- a dragon egg that's epic <laughs> <laughs> so is that your story then about the and that, and that originates in germany um, yes so where did you find the, the story because i'd never heard of it uh, basically just, I mean, I'd also never heard of it. I googled uh, interesting really? interesting Germany mythology <laughs> and then I found like a random site that was telling the story of um, That's or was telling this story and then as I was going through it I was kind of like googling different names of beings and creatures that I hadn't heard of before and it was matching up with things on other sites. Well, I've got um, a few mythology stories um, that is based in Germany or comes from Germany, and one of them is called Lorelei. And I find that interesting because it's where the, the term lore, to lure someone, comes oh. from. I was thinking of um, also Data's brother, Lore. <laughs> His name's Lore. <laughs> it's in Star Trek, the next generation, but he's not a very nice guy. Lorelei. So I, I like that name. It's a really nice name. I like that name too. Yeah, and there's um, so according to German folklore, atop a steep rock on the River Rhine, there once lived an exquisite nymph named Lorelei. She dressed in white and she wore a wreath of stars in her hair. Not only was her physical beauty astounding, but the siren, she sang a song so haunting and hypnotising that no sailor could resist her aura, so she lured them in with her song. Um, legend has it that no sailor who tried to reach Lorelei ever returned. Instead, they would meet their final fate by crashing against the dangerous rocks. And there's a statue of Lorelei that watches over the treacherous stretch of water near the Sank Gurhausen. Whatever that is. Cool. Um, and then there's a chain. I like her too, and I feel she could be the uh, villain and the like maybe could, third or fourth installment of him. Um, she could be <laughs> the one of those. Story of Valespa. But she, 
I think she could be more like um the character of uh what's Karen Gillan's character's name? Nebula. Um, Nebula. Whereas and she's like a baddie at first, but then she sort of switches sides and becomes quite good, a good person. Like maybe when um, Valespa does her third, like coming back to <laughs> the dead in five minutes, it is like bend your knees. She could be one of the people that's like, all right, this bitch is cool and bend a mini. Yeah, I agree with you there, right? She could join her team. Uh, the, the, there's the story of the Changeling, which is uh, another German myth that though there was a story at Hesloch near Odernheim. A servant and the cook of a clergyman were living together as man and wife, but the newborn baby would not grow or gain weight. The mother was told to go to Neuhausen and to give her baby water from the Syriac spring. It was believed that a visit to the spring would either restore the child back to health or they would die within nine days. Well, <laughs> that's a risk you're willing to take, I guess. <laughs> a gamble. I'm just imagining if I went to the doctor and was like, oh, the meth child has a slight cough. And he was like, give him this. He'll either be fine tomorrow or he'll be dead by Friday. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I will give him that then. <laughs> Weird offer. Okay. We don't know whether it's a pure spring or not, but why not take the chance? It's the best we can do. So en route, the infant became heavy and monstrous. And a traveller, I don't know if it's a gypsy, or just a general traveller uh, yelled out that the woman was carrying the devil on her back the traveller said your child is at home in a new cradle behind the chest in the side room throw this monster into the brook I should do a German accent but since it's a traveller I'm just doing the generic Irish traveller thing so sobbing the mother did as she was told she flung that child into the brick and a great house this woman really needs to stop just listening to what everybody's saying <laughs> although I get that she's probably not getting a lot of sleep and we all make bad decisions when we're tired sometimes you do just want to throw your kids in a river <laughs> not that I would know because I don't have any uh, the, so she she heard a great howl bellowing from beneath the bridge, like howling of wolves and bears. When the mother arrived home, she found her baby healthy and laughing in its new cradle. And that's how a changeling can strike. Um, I like that. The how do we know that that is her drawers. kid? I'm like, what if she did throw the right child into the, the river and the child back home is a changeling? Because I wouldn't quite trust that. How did this, and I know there's no answer to this because <laughs> you don't know, how did this random passerby, I get how the random passerby knew that the baby on her back was a monster, how did the random passerby know that the baby on her back was a monster and that her actual baby was in her house behind the dressing table? Yeah, I know, that's what I find a bit dubious because you know how people have ugly babies but they might grow in to be good looking ba- like good looking humans? Yes. I feel like that traveller just thought, that's one fucking ugly baby. It must be a monster. You should throw it away. <laughs> and then the actual devil's back at the house because it's good looking. Because we know yeah. that it's a good looking uh, angel or the best looking angel of them all. So I would, uh, yeah, I would question that. Maybe it was the devil that shouted at her through your ugly baby it in the river be. because he'd already stuck his little... Uh... <laughs> I was oh, going to say sexy was... demon baby. I can't call the baby sexy. <laughs> no mark let's not have the police knocking down our door um <laughs> this podcast being shut down now this one really intrigued me the werewolf of morbach because it, you'd think well werewolves it's probably like a you know a medieval thing but 
more back is the last place a werewolf was killed. And get this, we were both alive at the time. <laughs> Can you guess what year? I mean, no, I thought I was like, you're going to say something fairly modern here. So I thought you were going to be like, and it was in like 1890, not we were both no. alive. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, 1987. Oh, you're so close, Mark. Oh, my God. 1988. You're oh. so close. So, I'm uh, almost a theorist. <laughs> I know. So in 1988, um, a werewolf was killed in this place. Um, called Morbach, a single candle burns in the village as a reminder, but also as a warning. One night the candle went out and a wolf-like figure was spotted standing at a US airbase. He stood staring at the soldiers before returning to the forest. The candle was relit and has never gone out since. According to the townsfolk, if the candle ever goes out, the werewolf will return. Who so, was the werewolf? I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's more What did his school friends think about him? Like... <laughs> I just want to know more about this werewolf. I think I've yeah. got some more information about it here. I mean, there's a Pied Piper of Hamlin. We, we all know that story. Um, So that's not that interesting. Was he a pedo? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the Moorbach monster, right? Here's more information. Um, It was a town of Whitlish and the Moorbach moon municipality of Germany according to the story, story a soldier running away from the Russian army with some other deserters stopped at Whitlich on his way to Alsace, his home. They wanted to grab some requirements or refreshments I guess from a farmhouse he spotted, which is dubious isn't it you know, um, but ended up killing the farmer and his sons on getting caught. Oh mm, the farmer's indeed. wife mm, <laughs> the farmer's wife is said to have cursed the soldier so he would turn into a beast every full moon. So there's the origin of the werewolf. But you wouldn't think that would happen in 1988. That's nuts. <laughs> Unless that happened before 1988. And 1988 was just when they killed the werewolf and then had to light that candle so it wouldn't come back. Which again seems a bit mental, doesn't it? That makes more sense. I'm like, yes, yeah, is she an active, very powerful witch in 1988? And everybody's like, pure, oh yeah, don't upset Helga. She turned my uncle into a pig. Or... <laughs> Well, it says or in 1988, did they kill a like several hundred year old werewolf, and then it turned into a several well, hundred year old man? I don't know this story, and when it's 1988, slightly different. So, like before that, when the guy, the soldier, turned into a beast every full moon, maybe it's the origin of the werewolf. I don't know. Originally, eventually, the news spread of a violent beast, and the folks of Morbach were successful in killing him later. A candle burnt always at the spot where he was buried as a reminder and warning. However, one night in 1988, the candle went out and the officers at the US base in Morbach apparently saw the, the wolf at the perimeter. So they chased him. Um, but the military dogs were not successful in combating the creature. The candle was relit after the incident and the story was recounted numerous times since. So how much was true and how much was imagined? Because um, they could have imagined it at the airbase, but or they were bored, or but I don't know. Um, it's, why would they make something like that up? Yeah. But some of the officers apparently insisted even years later what they saw was true. A detailed article about the whole scenario can be found, and there's a link. And someone even sent their personal account to be published on the site covering myths and folklore. So... Yeah, I mean, there's a fucking werewolf. Um, they they like 
I'm sure I played that computer game where um I think it was Fable, one of the Fable games, where you enter this area and there are werewolves, um, but the only way that you can keep them away is to light some candles or set up some lights. So I wonder if that is linked in with that story. Mm, Maybe. I mean, I've never heard that before, like like a candle to keep them away, but... I mean, what keeps them away? I don't get it. I don't get why they're scared of a candle, but there you go. Yeah, is it the light they don't like, or is it just specifically candles they're not fans of? I've no fucking idea. Or a light candle, in fact, they just it's the combination. Here's a story about uh, this. It comes from the Jacob Grimm, one of the Grimm brothers. It just again, it just seems crazy. So he's got some like going back to the changeling thing he's saying like i've got some info on how you can protect your child from changelings i could imagine him going on tiktok saying this shit um he says first (laughs) first you've got to place a key next to your baby and this will prevent him from being exchanged no that's a shit accent i'm not even gonna do it make sure the new mother is never left alone during the first six weeks after childbirth that would get annoying real quick as it's during this time the devil has more powerful over the innocent during the same period mothers should not go to sleep until someone else can watch over the child apparently covering the child's cradle with a pair of men's pants will also prevent changelings from keeping them. <laughs> now, as a single parent, how do you feel about that information? I feel that uh, it was made up by a single mother and a supporter that she was like, right, I actually need to get some sleep and rest. I'm just going to go out and be like, everyone remember, if you don't want a changeling to snatch a baby and leave it in the town, you have to follow these very simple rules. On that note, you, come look after my baby. So I'm I can going get some fucking glass of wine and then I'm going for a nap. <laughs> what about the pair of men's pants over the cradle? <laughs> I don't understand that part. I'm guessing, okay, so I'm, I'm going to guess that that was whoever she said trousers. you to. Then she got home after having a glass of wine and a nap. She got up, he was still there. He was like the baby sleeping. She was like, you're actually hot. I've not perceived anyone as hot for a while because, again, children rob you of your sleep. You don't know what's going on. She banged them. Then people were like, she's just made this up because she's a skank. Went round her house. Man's pants were lying on the floor. And she was like, they've fallen off the crib. They were to protect from the changeling. <laughs> there we go. Makes perfect sense. Well, now that we've cleared that up, there's a story of <laughs> Princess Brunhilda at Ross Trapper. Uh, the only time I've heard of Princess Brunhilde is in the film uh, Django, when the dentist guy, the German guy in it, tells a story about Brunhilde, and Brunhilde is the name of um, his slave girlfriends, like Django's slave girlfriends. She's named after because she lived with a German family. Um, Brunhilde is so, also the name of, and I don't even know what the name of the comic is, like the sort of, I think, like late 1970s, early 80s one of the Marvel team-up comics that they had that ran for about, like, eight, nine years. Oh, really? It was, like, Doctor Strange, The Incredible Hulk. And Brunhilde. The, um, the like, an android guy, and uh, the woman was, like, a sort of flying brawler called Brunhilde. She's a flying brawler? Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? Does she fight people in the air, or she flies yeah, like, in she's and like, then fights them? Yeah, like she flies down from the sky and batters people. She's basically like got Wolverine's rage powers, but also can fly. 
<laughs> and you're just strolling along, and next thing you know, some fucking bitch flies out the sky and starts batting. <laughs> I like, like though she's like defending people at it though. Maybe it's like oh, someone's okay, walking along like and being like a sexist fuck, and she just like, <laughs> like being rude to your wife, and your wife's like, right, I want a divorce. You're constantly a prick, and then just as muscled women <laughs> descends <laughs> on you from the sky and just leathers she unconscious. Is this in the story of the actual Brunel Tower? Well, let's see. The Rostrapa is a craggy hill in the Hartz mountain range in central Germany. At the very top of the treacherous climb, you'll see hoof shapes imprinted into the rock on the edge of the cliff. The story goes that Princess Brunhilda was fleeing a forced marriage to Bodo the giant, who chased her to the cliff edge. That's when her brave white stallion jumped across to reach the other side, while Bodo didn't quite make it and plunged to his death. And that's why they're, they're, there's hoof marks in the mountain to yeah. this day. It's just a wee short story. So, yeah, I she just wants to get away from it. Um, <laughs> she doesn't want to marry had more than one head. Mm. He might have, but it was too, he- too many heads. Didn't save him from jumping that chasm. I also realised when you said her white stallion, I'm lying. Her power was just being a brother. She rides on a flying white horse. It's well, not about wings, that's... it's just a white horse that flies through the sky and she leaps off it to attack people. Well, there that you go, that ties rides. in. That ties yeah. into that story. She doesn't like men chasing her. She, she's defender of women. I like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She's like, fuck you, I'm not marrying you. Then there's the, the Watsman Mountain. Uh, once upon a time, in the deepest corners of southern Bavaria, there reigned a tyrannical king named Wat- Watsman who enjoyed slavery... <laughs> Who enjoyed slavery? I know, that's why I'm laughing. He enjoyed slavery and hunting local peasants. He sounds like a complete cunt, like a Tory. One day after a bloody day of killing, a curse was cast upon him and his family. Yay, was it uh, Vespala that did it? They were all turned to stone and it's said that they are entombed within a range of seven mountains near the town of Brechtegaden. The Vatsman Mountain in the Bavarian Alps is the third tallest in Germany. So that's what they do to tyrants there. I mean, yeah. fair. I mean, tyrants, yeah. Um, then there's a Pied Piper of Hamlin, but I'm not going to get into that because we all know that story. Um, I don't know whether you think it's a good guy. A or... picture of Brunhilde and her um, oh, okay. girlfriend from Marvel Comics on her horse. I also realised that I lied once again because her horse does have wings which is how it flies but <laughs> again i've never really read them like they were written before it was born um but yeah that's oh who's that in her who's that behind her uh it's her love interest but i don't oh. actually know who she is so <laughs> I, can find out. I like her big metal titties yeah, yeah she's cool she is cool i've never heard it like that's really cool yeah uh, what else have I got here? Um, there's the Nave of Bergen. You want to hear about the Nave of Bergen? I do, but I'm going to interrupt you very quickly first. That image is from one of the modern comics that she appears in because oh. she is dating Valkyrie, like Tessa Thompson's character. That oh, is That's so cool. Yeah. It's like Norse and uh, Germanic mythology merged together. I like yeah. it. On a wee date. Why is she not in the Marvel films like Broomhilda? Bring her in. Rumpelstiltskin's one of them, but we all know the story of that, right? So we've got the Knave of Bergen at Frankfurt. 
was a great masquerade ball held in honour of the coronation of the prince, knights and princes. Oh, this is timely. Why? <laughs> because we just had the coronation of a prince the other day. Oh, fuck, so we did. Yeah, yeah. an old one, though. Yes. <laughs> With big sausage fingers, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, right, so the atmosphere exuded nobility and forever, but who was that tall knight in black armour? How poised, Ooh. modest and graceful he seemed. And he bowed before the, key, the queen asking her for a dance. Well, I don't think Ooh. I would ask, be asking Camilla for a dance. To which she agreed. As she gave her approval for a second, third and fourth dance, the excitement and curiosity in the room increased. Finally, it was the hour of revelation and all the men were obliged to reveal their true selves. Nobody recognised the mysterious guest until two officials gasped in horror. Why? It is the executioner of Bergen? How dare he? <laughs> what a twist. Enraged, the king ordered for his execution. But I'm not He's going to execute him. Is he going to execute himself? But a different plan had he. Indeed, I have heavily sinned, but let me propose a remedy. Draw your was sword. Was the king enraged because he didn't want her to dance with an executioner or just because he was trying to shag the queen? I mean, I mean, I guess he was, he seemed to be quite getting fired into the queen didn't he i mean at seven dances i mean why you'd think the king would object to that not the fact that he revealed himself as a fucking executioner yeah, like why is that the point when the king's pissed off yeah, it's one thing to try to fuck my wife but it's quite another thing to try to fuck my wife and be an executioner i think because executioners were like seen as the lowest of the low like the the untouchables back then in medieval times or something so what the the, the knave said he said let me propose a remedy. Draw your sword and knight me, and I will throw down my gauntlet for anyone who speaks disrespectfully of V, which is quite generous of him, considering <laughs> he was just being threatened to be executed by the king. Surprised as much as the king was, it did seem wise to him. Knavish, you have acted, and knave of Bergen you shall be. And that's basically the story of the knave of Bergen. <laughs> okay. So he just did all that so he could, he could become a knight. And it worked. And then he banged the queen in front of the king because the king was a cuckold. I made that bit up. I believed you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I do think that king... Based on how the story was going, I imagined it was like, and then he banged the king in front of the queen. He banged the queen in front of the king. The king watched. The king approved. The king high-fived him, and then suddenly the king was like, actually, I'm very angry now that I thought about it, <laughs> threw him out a window. There's another story that was apparently brought up by Mark Twain, the American writer. Um, he mentioned somewhere called Erbach, an hour away from Heidelberg, and he said that it had a spectacular ruin. So in the Middle Ages, lived and breathed a vicious dragon in the town, and it devoured men and cattle as it pleased, because it's a dragon. Don't fuck with it. Um, not scared of any cunt. Uh, the emperor promised any reward as desired to anyone who could be the destroyer of the dragon. So from far away, all these big swole guys came and said, oh, I can defeat it. Fuck you. I'll, I'll do it. I'm a big, scary, tough man. <laughs> I'll kill that dragon, you know. You know what they're like. So, um, and then Bruno descended from the sky and knocked well, off the, all of them. The, the dragon quite rightly killed them all because they were all just a bunch of fucking chads that thought they were bigger than they were. Um, 
And so what is what do you do? So they all got killed and then came Servicenschaft, <laughs> an obscure knight carrying a strangely shaped knapsack. Well, <laughs> this is not easy, the king remarked. You could go hunt hares, you know. Why walk into such danger? Were any of the heroes men of science? Servicenschaft said. Because the king's like, what are you going to do with that knapsack? It's not like that's going to do anything to kill a dragon, is it? Um, and he laughed. Everyone else just raised a laugh. Don't be foolish, said the king. Take a spear and leave your knapsack, the king remarked. And then Servicenschaft said, it isn't a knapsack. Spears are useless to men of science. Saying so, he moved towards the dragon, positioning himself well before slinging his knapsack. Na- well, oh, he positions himself well, and then he slung his knapsack. Little did they know he had used his brains to his aid and studied the dragons in a series of experiments. <laughs> what looked like a strange <laughs> knapsack contained a modern day fire. Ex- this gets really weird. Contained a also, modern day fire. He studied dragons in a series of experiments, so he had his own lab set up. He was <laughs> yeah. throwing knapsacks at, dra- at other <laughs> dragons that he had in his lab. Maybe he didn't have actual dragons. Maybe he had like a model of a dragon with fire coming out of his mouth. And he, he okay. was like, how do I put out the fire? Uh, <laughs> he's a modern day fire extinguisher in his, his knapsack, which he threw right in the centre of the dragon's mouth, getting him to curl up. Ask what you want, the king exclaimed. Uh, confer upon me the monopoly of manufacture and sales of spectacles in Germany. Uh, right, so the king said, well, what can I do to reward you? And he wants the monopoly of the sales of spectacles. <laughs> he wants to just sell glasses. Okay. Was what he demanded. The king was surprised, but he was like, I'm I've had enough. <laughs> the scientist was not selfish and made spectacles accessible for all. The king was so pleased, he ordered them to be bought by one and all, whether they need or not. This was the origin of the spectacular ruin. And oh boy, what a spectacle it was. That seems like a fucking joke of a story. <laughs> Imagine being forced to wear glasses by King Charles the Third because he wants his pal to. to I mean, that's not unimaginable, is it? Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was just some silly myths that came from Germany. Um, But I think what I'll end end the podcast on is, like we were saying at the beginning, we love the Germans, uh, the German people, and there's like five myths about Germany uh, like in general you know not just mythology but German people you know like the myth that Scottish people are all tight and wear kilts or whatever run around the woods chasing haggis whatever Scottish stereotypes are that we're all alcoholics we're all alcoholics we're all ginger we all yeah (laughs) we're aggressive I'd agree. Yeah, we all... Germany, Germans have that as well, that Germans are generally aggressive people, but I think that's because of the, maybe the wars that they were involved in, but I don't find that. What the Germans I hung out with were perfectly lovely. <laughs> so, myth number one, Germans don't have any speed limits on the roads, which um, you've heard of the Autobahn, haven't you? Yes. So, it's a motorway system. And a lot of people think that you can just, there's no speed limits at all on those roads, that you can go as fast as you like, as long as you like. But it's not quite true, because as you approach population centres on the Autobahn, 
there are signs that tell you to slow down um, to 130 kilometers per hour and then to well that's mile 80 miles per hour and then 60 i thought you were going to say 138 miles an hour (laughs) that's a weird (laughs) (laughs) actually they can't just go however fast they want they have to stay under 139 miles an hour but on the autobahn you you could if you had a car that could reach those speeds you could do those speeds if you wanted to you could drive at 200 miles per hour on certain certain parts of the autobahn um i've experienced it it was fucking scary um so there's also um if you leave the busy area the limits will be staged up again until you see the sign you're looking for the speed limit number or sometimes just a blank circle with a gray slash across it that means so you're on the section with no speed limit and you can put your foot down on the accelerator um so yeah but you still need to drive like have lane discipline in germany as well um which is what they're they're quite good for there, but yeah, when I stayed in Germany with the family, like I say, we were near we were near the border of Switzerland, and I'd get and I know this is cliched, but he had a BMW, <laughs> a German car, and we got in this German sporty BMW, and I was like fucking terrified because of the speeds he was going down these down the autobahn. He was actually like a racing driver. I was like, this is fucking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, I don't particularly like being in a car going like 30 miles an hour, so that does sound terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, myth number two, you need to get out of the way of other drivers or it's your fault. Um, the, the way it's usually posed is if you're on the autobahn and you're in the left lane and someone zooms up behind you, he can just plough into you and the collision will be considered your fault, not his. Right, that's odd. Um, Germans, myth number three, Germans always put the verb at the end of the sentence so you know like yoda yes german verbs are sometimes put at the end of the sentence but not always it depends on the construction of a particular sentence for example to say i'm going to the bank you'd say ich gehe zur bank but you might say möchten sie zur bank gehen and the meaning of of do you want to go to the bank but the literal translation of that would be, do you want to the bank to go? Here, the verb is at the end of the sentence. Yeah, I found that really confusing when yeah. I was learning German, is that a lot of the this, the way that you speak is sort of backwards. Um, but it's just a literal translation. Um, myth number four, German words are so long because they tack all the adjectives onto the word. Bloody hell, how can I say that? Do hog get the idea emmer dog hog it. Sounds like Welsh. It concerns only the attributive nouns used to modify other nouns. So a small blue room is incline a blower realm. On the other hand, a heating oil storage room is ein heights zolagaram, all one word, and the word limp starts to build. I don't know. Did you think? Well, you didn't study German. I don't think the the words were that long. No, I don't. But again, mm. I had to, for some weird reason, stop at the end of first year. Yeah. So. Um, myth number five: Germans are aggressive. A study of war by Professor Quincy Wright shows that in the period from 1480 to 1940, there were 278 wars involving European countries and Germany takes 11th place, which is 8% among other countries. 
participating in wars. Now get this, of leading modern European states, England, I repeat, England, France and Russia show clearly twice the aggressive tendencies of Germany. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know it really pisses me off when you get all these like gamins going, oh the blitz, the war spirit, and all that, oh the Jerry's and stuff. When they're the aggressive ones, not the yes. other way around. <laughs> they're the ones that don't want anyone coming into our country taking our jobs, and they're the ones that voted for fucking Brexit. They're the ones that aren't being very. I, I would argue they're being the opposite of the war spirit. Yes. Yeah, I find the whole like it really annoys uh, me. Like great granddad didn't die so that immigrants can come to our country. Like your great granddad yeah. did die so that immigrants can come to our country. Yeah, that was the point the of what point. we were fighting for. What you're about? Yeah, that is the whole point. Like that's why there was a European Union form so that they would they could all come together as one, not separate ourselves and yes. become isolated. Like, it just saddens me the way things are and it's just embarrassing and I don't really want to associate myself with it. Mm. So, yeah, I love German. Uh, I love German. <laughs> I love German. I love German sausage. I love German <laughs> breakfast. I love German um, whatever German stuff is there. <coughs> German beer. I prefer I Dutch love beer, sorry. Beer. German beer is really good, but I do like, I am preferable to the Dutch more. I think proper Dutch, pretzels. Pro, I've not had a proper German pretzel. Oh, amazing. Mm, are they big? Are they yes, big? they are big. I'm turning this really sexual now, that's not good. Um, Big pretzels, are they salty? They are big and salty. Chewy. Yeah, they are. They're, um, the only thing not... that I probably wouldn't like is sauerkraut because it just doesn't really appeal to me. But then maybe I haven't tried it in a, in a, a just fermented, uh, what is it? Have you tried it, sauerkraut? No, I don't think I have tried sauerkraut. Is it fermented cabbage or something? Or is that, that's kimchi, I'm thinking Yeah, of. I've tried, I was going to say, oh, wait, I have then, but. I thought it's sauerkraut. Maybe sauerkraut is, similar. in that case, maybe I have because I've had kimchi, but for the same thing. Sounds I, similar. I'm going to check. I do like the German Christmas markets when they come. Um, yes. They're always good. I mean, technically our our royal family are German. The English royal That's family true, yes. are German. And the Christmas tree is German and everyone has a Christmas tree most of the time. That came from Germany. So there's a lot of, lot of cool things that came from Germany. Um. And, you know, I think Germany has a really good sort of social, like, they're, they're, they're good socialists, I think. <laughs> I know they, I don't really want to mention the war. I'm not going to do it. I just did, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. We've moved on from that. Germany are probably more regressive um, than... Sauerkraut uh, is, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, finely shredded raw fermented cabbage so yeah because so it's kimchi basically yeah that's weird that is that's strange yeah people like seem to go on about kimchi more than they do sauerkraut but yeah. um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't like that then i like their fried potatoes that you get at the german market i don't know whether that is a more traditional german dish you know the flat potatoes you get that are where they've got bits of ham well you wouldn't eat that because you're vegetarian shit 
um, and you wouldn't eat the sausage either unless it's vegetarian um, bratwurst. <laughs> so you're missing out on <laughs> a lot of German things. Is that cliche then that Germans are like quite quite like their meat? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I do think they have like a lot of meat dishes over there, and again, they tend to like have a lot of meats and stuff out at breakfast. But then they do have like a lot of really good like vegan and vegetarian substitutes. Mm, like any time but... I've been to Germany, I've always had like loads of vegan and vegetarian sausage, and it's always delicious. Oh, that's good. They have like, loads yeah. of varieties of it. So yeah, I mean, it's fairly modern, but as a modern place. Um, yeah, I would like definitely love to go back and visit Germany at some point. Um, maybe the I've been to Freiburg. Um, it's mostly southern Germany, I think, like near the border of Switzerland that I've been to. So Black Forest area. Um, never been to Berlin. I presume you've been to Berlin. I've Mark? been to Berlin. Yeah, a couple of Is times. Worth a worth a visit. Yeah, definitely. I love Berlin. Yeah, I should go to Berlin. My sister went in the winter time. Um, she really had a good time there. So, I mean, I quite like, I'm not interested in the, the Weimar side, like pre-war, like post, post-World post War One, between between the wars, like, you know, the cabaret times in Berlin. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of history in Berlin. It's really interesting. So, yeah. Um, and then I was at Frankfurt Airport. But, I mean, I had a great time in Germany when I was there. I met some monkeys. <laughs> I love monkeys. <laughs> I think it was at Lake Constance or something. There was an island where there was little monkeys that lived there, and they stole they stole one of my pal's bags, which I found was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you could feed them popcorn. Um, I'm trying to be like the the tourist board for Germany here. <laughs> yeah, just visit Germany. It's a great place. Um, they've got the. I mean, yeah, I've loved it every time I've been there. Like, nearby ring if you like racing. Um, mm, great place. Yeah. And they quite like nudity. So if you're into nudism, Germany's the place to be. They're very open-minded there. They they don't really seem to think of it as nudism there. It's just like... Naturism? Yeah, like... It's natural. No, but I mean, like, I don't know how I'm trying to make this make sense. Like when I was in Germany, I found that it's, they don't even really sort of class it as naturism because it's basically just like... It's normal. Like if you were out and you suddenly decided to go for a swim, you wouldn't get your clothes wet, therefore you would be naked in public. But that's not right. because we're like like a naturist here would be like, yes, it's perfectly natural, I'm comfortable being naked in public. Whereas it'd be like Germans would be like, why the fuck huh. are you being weird about somebody being naked? Like I don't have swim shorts with me. Yeah, because I, I mean, it also when you're in Germany, in terms of like going into saunas and things, they don't feel it's hygienic to sit and sweat in a sauna with clothes on, which makes sense, like what you're yeah. saying. Um, so you really would have to go naked, and you shouldn't be embarrassed about it, because they're not. Yeah, no, they don't care. They don't care. That's why I like. But I like them. They're quite open-minded that way. Yeah. They're not afraid of their naked bodies. <laughs> Right, okay, let's uh, wrap this up. But um, yeah, thanks to our German listeners as well. I'm sure we've got some German listeners out there. I uh, really appreciate listening and I hope you uh, didn't mind our little hour and a half, your hour 20 minutes talking about yeah. your wonderful country. Yeah, um, Yeah, and come visit Scotland, please. You'd love it. I mean, the hills and yeah, and the people are really friendly. I think we're quite similar Scottish and Germans. Yes. I, I definitely say we are. Um, and we've got a great sense of humours. So, 
I think that's just something that English people just spread about about the Germans saying yeah. because they don't like them um, putting their towels down or they say all oh, the Germans put their towels down on the, the sunbed you know that cliche in holiday so that they claim it but actually it's the opposite it's the fucking English that do it I think it's also that um, quite a lot of English people on holiday won't get up until like 12 o'clock in the afternoon because they'll be so like horrifically fucked up and German people will get up at like Cause I in the morning and go read a book <laughs> by the pool and they'll be like fucking Germans getting up early and putting their towels everywhere it's like no, it's just that they like weren't in a fucked up deranged stripper you weren't out getting get blasted on vodka shots last night <laughs> on one cover things <laughs> um yeah well cool what's um what are we going to choose from the list then shall i pick another number uh yes please do i will pick number mm, 18 uh number 18 is a uh, queer gods queer cryptids just <laughs> queer. queer mythological beings <laughs> oh amazing when's Yay. Pride? What, what? When's Pride Month? Oh, God, I don't know, because I feel like it used to be quite <laughs> easy to keep track of, but now, like, because different cities and stuff have their own Pride, I feel oh, like it's just see. always Pride. It's always oh, Pride Week. I'm sure it's in February, but I got oh, a notification on my phone the other day saying, sure. are you are you ready for Pride next week? And I was like, what so Pride I, been? I was thinking maybe, like, that would quite be a, a nice one for if it was, if it was Pride Month, but... I mean, it's probably Pride Month somewhere around the world, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm away to the land of Crete next week as well, like, on Wednesday. So, But this um, episode will launch while I'm away on holiday. I will make sure that the timing's right. And I'm just going to enjoy some Greek um, culture again, because right. I love Greece. I need some sunshine. God knows I need it from the horrendous week I've had. But it's all good now. Um, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Any final thoughts, Mark? No. <laughs> I have nothing to add. All right. Well, um, what's the word for goodbye in German? Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen or tschüss. I think tschüss is one of them. That's more yeah. the informal one. So tschüss. I like that. That's tschüss. Tschüss.